Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. Excited this morning about where we're headed um, in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter um, 5. We're going to really be grounding ourselves in uh, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. Um, so if you want to open up to there, that's fantastic. If not, that's okay as well. Um, but we're going to be in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. And uh, just hopefully unpacking that and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to speak through his word, and uh, just thankful for the opportunity to be here this morning and, ha- and have this opportunity to share God's word with everybody. So here we are. We're in uh, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Uh, Follow God's example, Paul says, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The first thing I I, want to focus in on here this morning is kind of like what we just did for a brief moment. And we we do that in a very uh, real way when we come to church, when we come into the sanctuary and we begin to lift our hearts before God in worship, when Nate or somebody up here is opening up the word, we're getting grounded in the reality of who we are in Christ. And so this morning, I want to take a moment to hopefully just allow us in this space, in this day of your week, in this moment that you have come to give yourself to God, to open yourself up to him, to hear his word, to worship, to be amongst the body. We just want to take a minute to just kind of ground ourselves in what it means to be a dearly loved child of God. Paul starts out here with his instructions as he is leading and guiding, pastoring, mentoring, bringing spiritual direction to the church at Ephesus. He starts off with these words, follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children. And I I believe that in order for us to really be able to, to begin to follow God's example, that first we need to be grounded in God's love. Before we as a child of God, a a dearly loved child of God can walk in the way of love, before we can be a offering and a sacrifice unto God, first we need to be grounded in who we are in him. And now I don't just make that up. That's exactly how the Holy Spirit orchestrated and design the book of Ephesians. If you were to look at the book of Ephesians, it's kind of just like a, a, a small document pamphlet on what the Christian life is all about. You could do that. It's broken down into a couple of very specific areas. There's this guy by the name of Watchman Nee who was a missionary to China, and his, his, the way he broke it down is he broke it down in sit, walk, and stand. Others break down the book in position and practice. And so before we could walk, before we could stand, we must first sit and be grounded in the reality of who we are as dearly beloved children of God. 
Paul's working from a premise when he says this to the believers in Ephesus. And again, here as we open up the word this morning, that we're already at that point where we're a dearly beloved child of God, that we're grounded there, that we know that, right? And, and then it's time to begin working on moving toward, opening ourselves up to what it looks like for us to follow him and to become like him. And so let's just try to ground ourselves even a little more after that incredible expression through that song, which I love so much, Oh, How He Loves Us. You know, in the book of Ephesians, it's broken down into six chapters. In the first three of them, you're going to find Paul, again, grounding us in who we are in Christ. And one of the first things he does is actually describe us as believers as in Christ. If you were to flip back your pages, open up to chapter 1, you would see that he uses the term when he's speaking to the believers and also that the way the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning, so many years later, is that we are in Christ. This is one of the first places that Paul starts in the book. We are in Christ. The Christian life is not about doing. It's about being. It's not about us accomplishing you know, things for ourselves, it's about us resting in what he already did. And as Watchman Nee says, the first thing that we need to come to understand, learn, grow in, and be grounded in is that we are in Christ. This is who we are. That, and when Paul's talking about this, this miracle of what it means to be in Christ, he's speaking of a union. He's speaking of a supernatural union that is wrought in the life of a human being when they come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. When any one of us gets down on our knees, sincerely cries out to God for help, and, and cries out, Lord, save me, and however that might look in your context, something supernatural happens in the life of the believer. We become, in that moment, united with Christ. His, his deity, his person, the reality of the, his spirit, who he is in his essence is forged together with who we are in our essence as a human being. In the depths of our soul is forged an inseparable union of love with God. And when we think about being grounded in the reality of who we are as dearly loved children, it all focuses in. It's all about this union, this oneness that we have with God that is inseparable. It is an inseparable union of love with God. You and I, as believers, are in an inseparable union with God, right? Paul talks about this. We refer back to this a lot in our support group meetings at, at Recovery Hub. At the end, you might hear us read uh, Romans 8, um, 38 through 39, right? Where Paul says, where Paul speaks of this union, he speaks of this grounding that we have in this inseparable union when he says, neither death nor life, neither demon, neither, um, yeah, neither demons or angels, nor any power, 
Neither height nor depth, the present or the future, or anything in all of the created of the created order, seen and unseen, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's speaking about that union. He's speaking about that grounding that each of us have as a believer. And it's something that it, uh, it echoes this, this idea of what it means to be a beloved or a dearly loved child of God. If you don't, didn't know that, or if you want to be in that union, this is the place for that to happen this morning. If you're in this room today and you're like, wow, I've been coming to church for a little while, or maybe you just showed up out of the blue, God wants you to know that he loves you and that he wants to care for you and place you in his place of security that you can you can rest in, that you can rest in on every moment of every day of this life and on into eternity through his son. If you're at that place, the Holy Spirit brought you to that place today where you want to know Christ and you want to start that intimate relationship with him, it's a simple, simple cry of help from your heart. Sincerely cry out to Jesus, Lord Jesus. I realize that I need you, that I'm separated from you. Save me. Save me. Help me. Place me in this union, this inseparable union. God, I want to know. I want to know, I want to have the reality that, that I am in an inseparable love relationship with you become real to me. Save me, Lord. Establish that union within me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Boom, you're united with Christ. Boom, the supernatural, uh, the supernatural work of God happens inside of you. You are in this, you know, in, this, in, this, in this inseparable union of love. Paul goes on to talk about more about our identity as a dearly beloved child of God. He then goes on after he describes this, this, this whole thing about us as believers being in Christ. He then goes on to talk about even many of the other ways in which we have been changed and we uh, are, are, are identified as a dearly beloved child of God. And if you were to read through chapters 1 through 3, you would find that Paul goes on to say that in Christ, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Are you grounded in the... Re- Let's be grounded in the reality this morning that you and I are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Did you walk in this morning feeling and knowing and finding yourself, taking the time to ground yourself in the reality that every single spiritual blessing that Christ has in the heavenly realms is yours, that you are the recipient of that full blessing of God in your life, that he didn't shortchange you but that you have every spiritual blessing in Christ. I pray this morning, if you didn't know that, that even now, or if you haven't been focused on that, just let it wash over you and say, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is who I am as a beloved child of God. He goes on to say, you know, that we've been chosen, that we've been adopted, that we've been redeemed, forgiven, sealed, full of hope, full of resurrection power, and seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Before we press on to, to live this life of love, Paul, Paul, Paul takes time to be sure that we understand that the first 
building block here is that we are rooted and grounded in his love. In verse 3, he goes, I mean, in chapter 3, he goes on to pray a prayer that the believers would be rooted and grounded in God's love, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon the believers at Ephesus. We pray the same thing for each of us in this room and for our kids, for our families, for our friends. That we also would experience the depth of God's love in the center of who we are and that we might be grounded in it. Paul ends chapter 3 before he moves anywhere toward talking about what it means to be live a life worthy of God. He, he prays a heartfelt prayer to the Father to pour out power so that his, the believers will know the depths of God's love. Here's what he says. This is how he prays this prayer. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God that goes beyond and surpasses knowledge. And then he says at the end that you might be filled with the fullness of God. So before we could even join God in following him and becoming like him, May we be grounded in the reality that we are his beloved children. May we be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that we might experience the depths of God's love in our souls, in our hearts. God's love knows no bounds. If it was an ocean, it would have no boundaries. It would have no bottom floor to it. I guess there'd be no top either. And the fact of the matter is that God's love is so huge that it is infinite. There's no beginning. There's no end to it. It is infinite. It is beyond what we can understand or comprehend in our lives. But yet we can be accessed by it. We can experience it in the center of who we are. He can access us. And we could know with all the saints how high and deep and wide is the love that God has for us. Paul's praying for this supernatural work in the heart and the life of the believer who is in Christ. And I believe that, you know, we start there. We start there this morning. May we be grounded in his love, in the inseparable love that we have in him, this union that's inseparable. And may we know that love that goes beyond comprehension. You know, one of the greatest traumas uh, that a human being could go through can be described as being estranged from everything I just tried to passionately share. From being estranged from who we are in Christ. To be estranged from the person that God created us to be before the foundations of the world is the greatest trauma that we can experience other traumas that we experience in our lives kind of just open that wound, wound up a whole lot when we're not grounded in the love. And we feel and experience an estrangement 
But this is, this is one of the greatest traumas that any human being can experience. You know, the Bible is clear. It tells us in the book of Jeremiah that even before, before time, God knew who you were. In Psalm 139, it talks about how we were been pure, you know, you created my inmost being. We were created, the Bible's revelation is that you and I were created in the heart and mind of God out of love. And that we were created to, to live in an intimate, united relationship with him. We were created to know who we are and whose we are. But yet we come into the world, we come into the world and we have no idea who we are. This is traumatic. This is what sends people like me out into the realm of addictions and other ways to soothe the pain of my existence. Who am I? I have no idea who I am. Apart from Christ, I have no idea who I am. And out of that pain and suffering of that separation, I begin to search for things to define who I am. And just like the prodigal, I come up empty. And it's not until that greater miracle of Jesus, when I, it's not until Jesus looks me in the eye that I am healed of that estrangement. The greatest trauma is estrangement and potentially the greatest healing that Jesus performs in the life of a human being is to reveal to them who they are eternally in the heart and mind of God and what they were called to be in the midst of the everyday life. The healings, the seeing of the eyes, the lame walking, the wine being, the water being turned into wine, the bread, uh, you know, the fish and loaves coming out of somebody's lunch back, <laughs> lunchbox, their backpack. All of these are incredible things that point to the reality and affirm that Jesus Christ, yes, he is the Messiah, but possibly the greatest miracle that happens in the life of a human being is when they look into his face, into his eyes, and they discover who they are as a beloved child of God. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So Paul's saying, you know, follow God's example, but we do that as dearly loved children who are safe and secure in an inseparable love relationship with God that has been forged in the depths of our heart that cannot be broken. That we do that knowing who we are as Christ reflects that back into our lives every moment of every day. I feel like this path, this, this path, or it says, you know, as dearly loved children walk in the way of love. And that's the scripture that we're reading in, in uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. It says, you know, as dearly loved children walk in the way of love. And I've, I've adopted this prayer from someone else that I really, really have come to appreciate that I pray uh, over my kids, over my family, over my life, that I will often pray before I go somewhere to speak. I will pray this over those who will be there. And this is the prayer. And I think it really speaks to this journey and this healing process that can happen only through Christ. 
May each of us learn to be healed from all that hinders us from realizing as we gaze into the secret of God's face that we are gazing into a mirror reflecting back to us who God eternally knows and calls us to be in the midst of all that remains unresolved in our hearts and in our minds. When I pray that, I pray, like, oh, God, that you would heal me from everything that hinders me from living in the reality of who I am as reflected through your face and your eyes, that I might know in the depths of my heart that you would remove all the things that hinder me from realizing and knowing in the depths of my heart who you called me to be, who you know me to be eternally, and that that might, God, happen in the reality of this human life that I am in. Oh, God, I pray that for those people that I go to speak. If I go somewhere to speak, I pray that same prayer, that he would heal every person of everything that hinders them from seeing themselves as they are through the reflection of Jesus Christ's eyes. Hallelujah. Praise God. May, may we be encouraged. May we be grounded in this love, this love relationship with God as his children. Then from there, Paul, Paul goes on. Now he goes on. He says, okay, all right. I, I, I've, I've, I've poured it out. I, I, I've, I've, I've revealed the mystery of this union to you. Now, I'm not saying that I did such a great job of it, but Paul does through the word there, and we're talking about that. We're hoping to be grounded, hoping the Holy Spirit is obviously moving and working in the midst, and that more than my words are coming across in the name of Jesus. And the, he, he then says he says, to, he says to them, you know, now, now that you're grounded, now that you continue to be grounded in this love, follow God's example Follow God's example. Now, I think when Paul's talking about following God's example here, he's not just talking about certain characteristics or certain behaviors, although they follow. But at the core of what Paul is saying, he's talking about the believers in Ephesus and us as believers today being made and becoming like God. That's a pretty bold statement. But we'll find it right here in in the word. I think the goal of the ongoing healing path, we're going to talk about this. The goal of the ongoing healing path of love is to be so inwardly transformed by love that we become like God. And this moves us back into the discussion that Nathan started a couple weeks ago about the putting off of the old self and putting on the new self. You see, none of this makes any sense if I don't know who I am. If I don't know that I'm a beloved child of God, that God's plan in my life, you know, he birthed me in love, he's sustaining me in love, he's transforming me into love. When when I pass through the veil of death, I'm going to enter into the fullness of his love. Like if I don't have that, if the reality of that is not happening within me, and I am not grounding myself there, the truth is what it is. I could stand on it. I will never be shaken, but yet knowing the depths of that, walking in it and experiencing it is also something that we do as we ground ourselves there. 
It's then and only then that all of this other stuff begins to make sense. In Ephesians 4, 22 through 30, we read these words. We read them already. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. At the end of the prayer that we just took a look at, Paul said that they might be filled with the fullness of God. The end goal of following God's example, the end goal of this relationship with God is that we would be so inwardly transformed that we would begin to become like God. He said, it says, therefore, if you put off, you know, you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. You know, out at the farm right now, we have devotions every morning at eight o'clock in the morning and we have these wonderful discussions about recovery, about our journey in Christ. And a lot of times, you know, uh, my brother Ben, who's here with us this morning, which I'm so happy about, he'll bring a topic and we'll talk about stuff like, yeah, you know. Like the first thing that like God really started working on with me was my tongue, was my mouth. And we would, we'll talk about how as we walk closely with him and, and begin to experience the depths of this relationship of love, that we realize that when things come out of our mouth that are not pleasing to him, that like we can feel, we could feel it inside of us. We know there's like a check in our spirit. We, we, we could feel and know that it's wrong, not just because someone said it was wrong, but because it is offending the very heart of the one who saved us, rescued us, loved us, cleaned us up, and gave us a new life. And as a result, if, 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 I, if I swear or if I lie, if that's going to offend him, if that's going to cause him to have to retreat in the smallest way, I'm talking about fellowship, not salvation, well, then I am not going to do it anymore. I'm going to work hard at trying to clean up my mouth and trying to live a life of honesty and a life that is pleasing and honoring to him. And this process happens as love takes hold in the center of our heart and we begin to know it, we begin to experience it, and we begin to taste it, and we realize it's better than anything we've ever had in our lives and that we would live and die for it. We don't want to live a life that's going to dishonor it. It's something that flows out of it. Many of us, even myself, along the way, we grow cold in that love. We allow the pressures of the world to get in the way. We allow our own modes of operations, our own coping mechanisms, our own desire to get things done to get in the way. And all of a sudden, that fire starts to burn a little more dim. And all of a sudden, we're back doing the things we know we shouldn't do. But yet, here is this process that God wants to do. He wants to transform us through his love in such a profound way that he, we, become, we begin to be like him. We begin to be like him. He said, don't give the devil a foothold. Hallelujah. I don't want to give the devil a foothold. I lived my whole life without the devil had a foothold. Does that mean that I don't still struggle with this? I'm saying it from a perspective that I do still struggle with things in my life and that I am an unfinished product. <laughs> but man, no, I don't want the devil to get a foothold. I want Jesus Christ to have a foothold. 
Anyone who's been stealing must steal. Yeah, if I go rip somebody off and I steal, boom, I feel it. I'm convicted. The love of God inside of me goes, yo, bro, we don't live like that no more. You're a new person. You are a union. God and you now. Boom. This is the new, the new cell. But this is that whole process of transformation. I think following God's example is a lot, has a lot to do with changes and transformation. And sometimes we just got to do what's right. But ultimately, change only, real change only happens through grace and love. It does not happen through behavior modification. So many studies are done on this stuff, especially in with what I do. Many uh, missions set out to set up rehabilitation centers in there, and they, they put a whole book of rules together. It's like, this, it's like this big, and they hold everybody to the rules. Then uh, the boss leaves, boom, nobody follows rules. Why? Because rules don't lead to transformation. Love does. Love brings forth true, real transformation. Paul's saying, let's get that in place, and then let's start moving down this path, this road of what it means for us to become like God. You know, this whole, this whole journey of walking in God's love as a beloved child of God is not easy. It is easier for me to live a life of works than it is for me to live wide open without defense, naked before God and his love. It's e I think it's easier in my mind to revert to old behaviors, old patterns. See, because it's, it, it, it's not easy always to remain wide open to allow love to continue its transforming work in the, in the depths of my soul, that requires me to slow down. That requires me to, to put, like, you know, exercise some self control and not allow my compulsive behavior to drive the ship. That requires me to live in a state where I realize and I, I, I am open to this reality that. Really, that my very existence, the very reason I exist and that I have been created is to receive his love. And somehow, in the intimacy of that and the mystery of that, God is pleased and he is satisfied with me. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. But most of the time, you know, I want to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. I was just talking with somebody right down here just a couple minutes ago, you know. I don't want to wait for God. I got stuff to do. This is hard. You're, you're pressing on my fears. Like, my fears, I, I like my fears. I use them. You know, you, you're, you're, you want to work on, 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 uh, on my people-pleasing issues. You want to work on... My issues of abandonment? You want to you wanna free me up from all this stuff? Like, I'd rather just live in it and use my coping mechanisms for a little while, God. And so anyway, we kind of build these, these kind of bomb-proof bomb shelters sometimes when really 
the, our very existence is really, truly to bear the beams of love and to accept them, to receive them. One of the pictures in my mind for this that I have come to um, enjoy, or at least you, you know, see, is a tulip. You know, I, you look at a tulip when it's totally open and its petals are wide open and it's got this stem in the middle and there's these little yellow things around it. And whenever I see one, I always grab my, my, uh, my phone and I get right up in there and I take a picture of it because there it is, wide open, just soaking in the love, the sun. God wants Peter and wants us to be free. And the way that we, we get there is by allowing him to have his way with us, to conform us, to transform us into himself. We put off the old stuff and we begin to walk with God and put on the new. He begins to do the work and it happens from the inside out and it's all rooted and grounded in his infinite, unconditional love. Hallelujah. So, uh, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. The last part we're going to look at here is, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, as a dearly loved child of God, in Christ, secure in that union, and as a dearly loved child of God who is being conformed into the image and likeness of his creator through being wide open and receiving his love in every single corner and facet of our lives, even the places that we really don't want him to be, all of this is happening so that we might under, come to understand and be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul, Paul ends here by saying, This is who you are. Walk in the way of love. Well, what does that mean? How does that happen? Well, look, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up, this is saying to me, I, I, put, I put my name in there. I, I personalize this because he's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's speaking to us. Just as Christ loved, uh, loved you, Peter, and gave himself up for you, Peter, now you are a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is what you were created for. This is really the central purpose of your life. You know, it says, I, I, I think most of my life, I mean, we all grew up in a consumer, consumer you know, society. I mean, I don't have to say much about that. We're all well-trained. Um, and so everything's about Peter. It's all about me. It's about what I want. I'm not saying I don't deal, still deal with this. I, I, this, is, this is the great battle line. This is the great divider. As I was thinking about this and praying about this, the Lord just began to put this statement and this, 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 this truth in my mind as a result, like kind of a summary of just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, you, Peter, are to be, this, you, I, you, that's, that's who, who I've created you to be. I've created you to be given. I've created you, Peter, to be given. 
just like Christ came out of the heart and mind of, well, he's the Trinity, right? The exact representation of God. So too, if the revelation of the scripture is right, then so have we been birthed out of the Father, God. In fact, in the book of Acts, it says we're his offspring. Jesus came down, he took, took on the form of a man. Somehow, I don't know how it works, how to come out of heaven, out of the heart of God, and then become a human being. I mean, we know what the processes are here on earth, but it's quite miraculous. How do you go from, I, I don't know. But he came to be given. He came to give his life for me, for you, for the world. He was a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I am to be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I am not a receptacle for the things of this earth, for the things of this world. I am not here to simply fill myself with the things of this world, with pleasures and things for Peter. I am here now in Christ, being made into the image and likeness of Christ, to be an offering, to be given, to be poured out for humanity. All that God is putting into us, all that he is doing to us, with us, for us, in his love, in the depths of our soul, is meant to be cracked open and poured out into the world. My life, your life, we are to be a fragrant offering, a sacrifice unto God. Wow, that's mind-blowing. I am here to be given. I am here to be poured out. I am here to serve Jesus, to serve others, to bring the love that God has placed in my heart. And as that transaction happens, God is blessed. He is, he is honored. That is a sweet sacrifice and aroma to him. Paul says in Romans 12, 1, in view of God's mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. We were created to bring the same love that Jesus brought to us the day we saw who we were in his eyes to the world around us. And in doing, we become a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. We are here to bring the hope, the love, the reality of this relationship, this healing from our traumatized state. We are here to help others heal and see the, the layers of the onion come away, to see that which hinders fall away from others around us as we love them in the name of Jesus. I think Sam's going to come up. You know, what does that look like? I, I, um, I, I knew some people. Uh, they, this was, they were mentors of mine many years ago. And... Um, you know, I was newly saved. The, 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 I was deeply in love with Jesus, and he's been healing and doing a deep work in my life. You know, then my wife came into my life, and we decided to take marital counseling, and we went to our pastor, and, and, we, and we start having discussions about what we believe, what our values are. And uh, he goes, so what do you think of the church? 
Now, I was a brand new believer. Spiritually grew up in, in the Catholic Church, came to Christ outside of an AA meeting, was radically saved, and then showed up in a charismatic church. I had no idea that churches were different than what I was experiencing. Just seemed like what you do. And so when he asked me, he goes, hey, how do you, how do you feel about the church? And I, I said something that I knew had no idea how much weight this had for him. He goes, well, I, it doesn't seem as spirit-filled as the one I used to go to. <laughs> this guy, this guy, it really, it touched something in him. And he hit me with a dagger that definitely went through the, went through the armor. And I felt so hurt. I felt, I, 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 was, I, I was literally, I was wounded. I, I went home to my... Um, to my wife, my new, my new wife's to be's house, and like, I cried on the floor of her house for hours. Like I was moaning and wailing. I'm thinking they probably should have known at that point that this might not be the right guy. <laughs> like I, I was literally moaning. And well, several weeks later, I end up in 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 uh, in this training at this other mission that I was seeking to become a missionary with, and there were these two older missionaries who were full of the love. Who were on the path, who were grounded in his love, who were experiencing the depths of his love in their hearts and moving through, willingly through and deeply through the transformative part of who God is. And, and they, were, they were becoming like him more and more. And his love just flowed from them. And let me tell you, as I sat with them, the healing of my, of being, feeling estranged in that moment after being hurt and wounded not knowing what to do now, all the lies coming back, shame and no good and bad, not lovable. All of them were like coming back. I sat with them and every day we talked, we prayed. We opened our lives to each other and not e without even knowing it, all of my inhibitions disappeared. All of them. The pain somehow was gone, and they helped restore me back to the experiential reality of who I was as a beloved child of God. I think that's what Paul's talking about here. As we're going through this process of learning to walk in the way of love as dearly beloved children, as God's conforming us and doing the inner work, he's preparing us to be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to others. May we embark upon that journey not from our heads but from our hearts. May we embark upon that journey like the tulip wide open that he might make something beautiful out of us that helps bring out the beauty of God's creation in others. Amen. Hiding not of my own understanding, my life is in the hands of the Maker of Heaven. I is in the hands 
My life is in the hands of the maker of heaven And I give it all to you, God Trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me And I give it all to you, Jesus And I give it all to you, God Trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me, Jesus Let's pray Lord, that you would truly heal us from all that hinders us. From being all that you know us to be and have called us to be. As reflected in your eyes. that you might make us something beautiful and that we might leave here even today and call out your beauty in others even as we get to the car. In your name, amen. Have a great day. God bless you.